before it's dark here it's like, it is very late at night so i say very late but it's middle of, it's middle of winter too so it's dark so welcome back to 100 real with ruby it is pretty dark there as you heard half say but <laughs> today we are talking about how it's not actually all just about food when it comes to your fat loss and this is the theme of every single podcast that you've probably heard me ramble on about when it comes to truly getting the results that you want for your body because yeah you can just talk about food all day every day talk about your training and get amazing results for eight weeks if you can even last that long but what happens after that? Like, is this sustainable? What happens when life happens? And the, my theme of the month, which you would hear on my last podcast that I just put up is you are not a before and after photo because anyone can get that after photo. What happens after that? How did you get to that? In all of that, who knows if your methods led to really shitty gut health, really shitty relationship with food. But in all of that, we are bringing this conversation around stress, the importance of rest, the importance of bringing your body into a place where it has a balance between stress and rest to actually enable a more successful fat loss phase. But we don't want to just talk about fat loss because that should not even be the greatest portion of your year. Most of your year should be focused on the fact that you are a human who lives a life and there's more to life than just chasing fat loss. When you focus on building your best body, you actually live a leaner lifestyle. It's not about fat loss. It's about leaner living. Because what is fat loss anyway? It's like, why are you doing the fat loss? Is it just for the sake of chasing a number? Or do you want to stay there? Do you want to live a leaner life? Do you want it to be full of knit and grit or do you want it to be effortless so I'm going to pass this conversation over to Husk and I think a great way to just kick this off is to really nail in the importance of the balance between rest and stress and exactly what too much of stress can do to us yeah I think what's really important to recognize a lot of the time that when you start to look at stress and how stress might affect us in lots of different ways, um, it we, we sometimes we just don't see certain things as being stressful. So we might, for example, look at the gym as being fun, and it is fun, right? It's like I call it like violent meditation. Do you know what I mean? It's like where I'm like going to be angry to let and get some muscles out. Or it might just be that we might sort of like look at things that are going on at work or the fact I'm not eating, I'm not hydrating or, uh, you know, being unhappy about certain things in life. So um, there's a lot of things sometimes that I think we find as being quite normal for society to be going through. It's normal for us all to be stressed. It's normal for us all to be meeting deadlines. It's normal for us all to be doing that stuff. But it actually does have an effect on your actual body composition the way that your body will interact with its internal and external environment as well and I think that really we have to think about the process of what you're going through because you're, you're talking specifically from a body composition point of view 
Um, you know, you have to look at that progress and think about where do I want to be? What can I have whilst I'm going through this journey? How am I actually going to get there? And what am I going to get from this? And it's a very different idea if you look at it in that perspective, rather than going, oh, look at all the things that I haven't got yet. And then, I'm, oh, I'm not skinny yet, or I'm not whatever yet. I'm not muscular yet. I'm not 8% body fat yet, or whatever it is, you know. And you think and focus on all those things that you haven't got, then sometimes it can just be a very negative experience. And so, um, yeah, I, I like the words that you were saying, Ruby, about it being a, a leaner lifestyle. But at the same time, in reality, I don't think it's a matter of having, um, you know, a, le a leaner lifestyle. It's just that when people are happier and they don't really have to think about some of these things that might be something that might be weighing on my mind. I need to control this food. I need to make sure I'm getting this goal. I need to do that. Because when you're happier, you're more pliable and you're more uh, resilient to, to change and being able to do things. You know, if I'm getting enough sleep and, and if I'm waking up properly in the morning, I've got more energy, you know, typically I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be able to do the things that I'd like to do more so. So, you know, when I work with people, sometimes I, I'll say about having a dream, and, and having it look at it like that's it and it does sound a little bit squishy I know I get it like I do get it but at the same time it's like look we have to have a dream we have to have a process that you're going to go through to get to that dream and let's break it down to its chunks so stress is massively important specifically especially because your, your nervous system and your gut are very closely linked so if my nervous system is under attack, my, my gut might, I start, might start getting a bit bloated or I might start uh, having problems with like acid reflux sometimes, some people might have, or some people might have uh, other issues like you start to get intolerances to food and things start to make you feel sick, for example. So when the body is under stress, it will directly come back up into your gut, which is linked to your immune system and all those other things as well. So when people like you and me ruby we're going through coaching with somebody yeah it's great we can flip macros at people and we can tell oh you eat this and do this and blah 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 but at the same time sometimes we have to recognize that people want to come to us because it's the first time that they've been listened to in their life that they can actually get through that uh that emotional need as well that they have to come and talk to us a little bit more about things that are going off in their life that affect their fat loss as well you know, a fat, lo fat loss, we don't want angry fat loss. <laughs> we want happy fat loss. That's the kind of idea. Um, so, yeah, so that, that is part of the process. So there's a lot of, of, of myriad of, of stuff there. But has there ever been anything that you found that's actually really quite um, useful, like as a tool for people that have been quite highly stressed, um, that's been actually really good to be able to help them achieve what they've wanted, really, Ruby? It's actually what you said in one of in what you said in that little thing there. It's if you keep focusing on what you don't have, you're going to make the journey a lot more stressful. But if you think about, so I have this thing where it's the gap in the gain. I heard it somewhere, but then I made it my own because it's like you can see the space between where you are now to where you want to be. And you can see that as there's a missing gap, there's all the stuff that you still aren't. I want all of this. I'm not this yet. Oh, look at this other person. A lot of it comes from comparisons. It comes from like unrealistic expectations of how fast the journey is going to go. And I'm pretty sure you said in one of your posts as well, where the length of your journey and even 
the rate at which you start to blossom. It depends on where you started and not just where you started, but your beliefs, your mindset, and all the things that are keeping you stuck where you are. Like there are some people in my coaching circle that haven't even started to make the like that that continual progress for a year. Like it took them one year to finally start making progress because they couldn't get out of their own head. And this is where they start to give up on themselves because they feel like they're wasting money. They feel like they're wasting time. So then they want to quit on their coaching. They want to quit on this. And that's why they are where they are because they've quit on all these other coaches before. They've quit on all these other programs before. They've never had someone actually say, no, we're doing this. How can we help you? And actually cling on to them for their sake and not just for the sake of a number. It's like, no, we can get through this. The fact that you keep flaking on this as soon as things get difficult and you keep relapsing, that's the reason you're stuck. But if you see it as... It's like all the dip, it's like a roller coaster. It's like you have your highs, you have your lows. And the highs remind you that there are points of success if you allow yourself to celebrate them and not forget about them because a lot of people don't do that shit. But then the troughs, they they kind of they're like your push for yo, no, this is why I want it. It's like that humbling factor. But you need to see that trough as untapped potential. But in all of that, you mentioned, yeah, stress is normal now. Like we can't mitigate stress, but what we can do is build our resilience against it. But how do we build our resilience against it? It's this whole mindset thing and understanding as well how much it does impact our journey, which you mentioned with the digestion. If we can't assimilate our foods and by assimilate, I mean, break them down. I mean, absorb them. I mean, take the nutrients out you're going to end up with something I see a lot is people saying there's something off or they go get their bloods done. My bloods are skewed. Mate, I like, yeah, the bl- I am all for getting a blood test, but at the same time, it's like you're showing all of these symptoms already. You're, you're showing the biofeedback. Why do we need a blood test to, to prove anything right now when we can get that later on once we've actually addressed the shit that we know that you need to address because you're not consistent, you're not sleeping, you're not pooping properly, there is something going on with your lifestyle that can actually fix any blood results in the first place. It's like the blood results aren't the issue. It's showing you warning signs of issues that are deeper lying. And if you just like, here's a tablet to solve this, here's a tablet to solve that, you're not actually fixing the issue. You're just band-aiding it. And that can make things a lot worse. It's like, okay, why are you iron deficient? Why are you iron deficient? Are you training too much? Are you too stressed? You can't absorb this. You can't absorb that. Like, how are your poops? People don't realize how all this stuff is impacted by your lifestyle, the way that you eat your food, not just what you eat, but how you eat it. So that can all tie in into where I want you to take this conversation because this is actually really important stuff. Because if you can't assimilate your foods, if you can't assimilate that iron, if you can't get that protein out of the food, you can't get your B vitamins, you aren't going to be burning fat. You aren't going to be digesting properly. You're going to feel like a fat potato. And when you feel like a fat potato, you get more emotional about yourself. You feel more hormonal because you feel fat, especially as a woman. But that's just because your body isn't doing what it should be doing because you're not allowing it to have that balance between stress and rest. So I'll let you take that one away because this is a really important topic. 
I really, I really like, I think there's loads to unpick there. Loads to unpick there. And I think one of the biggest things and why there's loads to unpick there is because we have to remember that bodies are not like calorie calculators. They're not just one defined thing. Every system of your body reacts and interacts with all of the other systems in your body, right? So typically you find that someone starts to, you know, when they start to get sad, they start to change their posture. That might change the way the digestion is. That might change the way that their thoughts are. That might change all these other things that go off. Um, you know, it, it's a multifaceted system and, and they typically they'll break together and they heal together as well. So that's something to, to remember and think about. Um, I think something that you definitely spoke about there, which was which I really liked, was you know that victim mindset, that sort of that mindset of this is my fault and I'm going through this and I can't get myself out of it and all of that other stuff. But when we have those issues, right, and we can sit and we can chat them out and we can we can chat them out, we can keep going along that path of, you know, this is what's going wrong, and we can, like I say, we'll focus on those things of what's going wrong and where all the problems are. But sometimes we need to have to actually have action. So someone like you or me, Ruby, we sit with someone and we go, look, I'm going to tell you where you're going wrong, but also I'm going to tell you how to fix it, right? And if you don't think, and if you think how to fix it is too hard, well, I'm going to make it simple. And if that's too hard, I'm going to make it even simpler. And then I keep breaking it and breaking it, breaking it down till we find something that you can do. It's all about what I can do and what I can achieve with that sort of thing. We have to remember that things like, Blood tests, for example, because you were talking about blood tests, right? That is an objective measure. You know, it, it is numbers and data and, and everything else. It will never tell you how happy you are or what you're going through or whatever. So, like, for example, I've got, I've, I've got one of my guys at the moment who's going through some stuff, uh, you know, in his, in his world, right? And this week, I know I watched him fail a bench press that I know that he, he's done previously before for a you know, different amount of reps than he did this week. And that's just down to the fact I know his food ain't changing. He's, you know, he said to me, Look, I'm doing everything that I need to do. And I'm still getting on top of it, but just stress and life just a bit too much right now. Um, and it's just that belief gets knocked and you know the idea of all the things that we have, it they all start to change, you know, and, and we start to see that change in. In, in performance, right? So even though we don't think that this has a massive interaction with who we are or everything else, it does later on down the line, we start to see that the other sorts of our systems do change. Now, one thing that you did speak about, which is really good, I think was talking about biotransformation. So when we talk about biotransformation, right? This is how you as a unique individual turn food, into poop <laughs> and, and energy and everything else in between, right? You know, we're, we're going from one form of system of energy and we're gonna, and we're gonna transduce it into something and we're gonna change it into something else. So when we are under stress, our uh, bodies will handle and uh, digest and do all those things with nutrients and calories and macros or whatever very differently than when we aren't and when we're happy and then we're, when we're fulfilled. That's why it is really very important. When I'm stressed out a little bit more, I might crave things like salty, fatty, rich, crunchy foods. I want to, I want to get the bag of pop chips or whatever, and I'm just going to keep keep going or whatever. Right here in the UK, we've got Pringles, or whatever. Once you pop, you just can't stop. It's their little like lingo. I don't know if you guys still have the same thing. Um, you know, I start to get them, or I might start to crave chocolate, and I can't. 
can't leave the Freddos alone. Do you know what I mean? That's a chocolate bar over here. So um, and I can't leave that stuff. I can't can't get it out of my mind. And then because I'm just thinking about it all the time, I'm just it's just so at the forefront of my mind. Again, that's another form of stress. Right? I'm just thinking so much about it. But going back to biotransformation, we have to really think about how all of the stages of digestion and all of that other stuff start to encompass together. Something I ask my clients, Ruby, and I, I don't know if it's something that you guys that you do, is that I ask them to firstly, can you slow down when you eat? Can I sit and just have a look at my food? Even the idea of preparing food starts your, your digestion to flow, right? Now, most of us, we sit and we just, we just inhale our food at the, at the desk or in front of something else, and then I'm still typing away and I've still got something else to go on, right? And it's really important that we get ourselves away and we get our bodies ready to nourish ourselves. That's one of those things, right? We're trying to think about what's nourishing for me. And we have to have our bodies ready to take on food sometimes. So I have to stop. And I ask my guys to slow down. And I ask them, I was like, look, you're going to fully chew your food because carbohydrate breakdown, for example, starts in your saliva. So if you want to be instantly more insulin sensitive and, and all those other things for fat loss, right? Chew your food, number one, right? That feeling of food across your mouth and whatnot tells your brain that you're eating bro <laughs> you know that's what's, what's going on right and then as i slowly eat my food and whatnot and i'm more calm with it i try and ask my guys if can they connect with their hunger and their fullness so it's like can you actually tell if you're full can you actually tell if you're hungry and actually reconnecting that that brain to gut interaction actually starts to look at you know you know like leptin and ghrelin and all that other stuff you may probably know a bit more about it. but so there's hunger and satiety hormones just trying to get myself a little bit more involved with i can't do that if i'm under stress right i can't do that if i don't prepare my food i can't do that if like and i and i understand you know i totally understand some of us that lead, lead some incredible lives you know looking after you might be caring for somebody you might have children you might have responsibilities you might have amazing jobs you know and and there's lots of responsibilities in in our lives right but we also want to be the next rich thrown in or we want to be the next you know you know whoever you know crossfit athlete or something like that that's where it's um, really important to make sure that you align your expectations with what your reality is like you can't be wanting all these things if your current lifestyle doesn't support that. But then people think that that's just their destiny. Just like when they're in a fat loss phase, that's why they always fail because they feel like I can't live like this forever, but you don't need to live that way forever. Like just because you need to have the same principles, you need to have the same basics of what you do in a fat loss diet. You are not going to be eating and doing the same things when you get back to maintenance. And yeah. that's a very important thing to remember because no phase is permanent. And the more that you see yourself as stuck in any one situation, the more stress you attach to it. And you mentioned it with the brain gut connection as well. It's if you feel stressed about a particular type of food, like there's that whole thing where they give you two milkshakes, one's full of calories. The other one is, well, what they tell them one's full of calories and they tell them one's the diet one, but they're both the same calories. It's just that the one that was the diet one didn't fill them up and they went on to eat a shitload more that day and they demolished that shape like quick stat versus the one that was calorie dense that they actually took their time with. And I can relate to that. When I went to get sugar-free Slurpees from 7-Eleven when I was that type of person a few years ago, I don't do it anymore because 
I, I, did, I just don't see the need to, but I was that person that wanted to get one every single day. I'd finish that massive last, large thing in like the space of two minutes. And it was large. It's like, oh, it's calorie free. I can drink this like water. It's like when you have any perception around food, it impacts the way you, how you eat that food, how that food goes from your mouth into poop and how it actually goes into your muscles and your nutrients and all that kind of stuff. If you are stressed out eating food, you are not going to lose weight because your body is in a stressed out state. You're not going to digest it properly. Your metabolism isn't going to benefit from it. And you're left in this catch 22 where it's like, I'm doing all the things, but I'm not seeing results. Yeah. You're physically doing all the things. Are you mentally doing all the things? But back to what you were saying, when you said that, yeah, you can make all your food. You can do all this elaborate stuff. I don't do shit elaborately. The microwave is my best friend. I prefer to meal prep and just eat things out of containers for dinner because I rather not bother with dinner. If anything, I make my post-workout meal because steel cut oats takes an hour to make and it's my biggest meal. It's like 900 calories and I enjoy that meal. But the thing is, if you cannot do that kind of stuff, you need to at least make it serve you. Don't make it full of flavorgasms. Like, like I realized I always fall apart when I try to add too many flavors to something. Like I went through a phase where I was eating way too much casein pudding, which I can sometimes still do if I fall back into that loop. But it's because I was adding too many flavors. Like, oh my God, I had this amazing peanut butter casein pudding. Oh, but I had this coffee and walnut one. Oh, but I have this banana. Well, it's not a banana one. It's like a, it's a, it's a carrot cake one. It's like, I have all these amazing flavors. Let's have a little bit of this today and a little bit of this today. And before I know it, I've had 10 times more than I need to have because there's so many different flavors. Like make shit simple for yourself. You don't need to make every single meal some flavorgasm in your mouth. Like make it simple. You don't need to have everything now because we're in a society where we want it all now. Stick to one flavor for a week so that you don't overdo it that week. And it's like, okay, so now next week, let's do another flavor or pick two flavors and make it easier for you. Because if you're not able to control the process making of your food, at least you can, can control what that meal consists of. Don't have a hundred different sauces that make you want to have more and more and more. Don't have a flavorgasm of fats, carbs, and salts, because we all know that that combination is what makes a food addictive. It's not sugar. It's not fat. Ugh. Like, can you imagine just eating a big chunk of lard? No, it is not fat on its own. It is not sugar on its own because no one's freaking eating just, just sugar, sugar granules. And salt doesn't have calories, but it makes food so much more tasty. So add that combination together and you have the perfect recipe for an addictive food. And then you add in like packaged foods, packaged foods actually eat at your gut lining because they have emulsifiers. They have stuff in it that takes away your actual appetite and satiety cues. So the more that you eat those foods, the more that you are interacting, well, not interacting, you're sabotaging your natural signals. It's okay to have it once in a while, but if you're going to make it a routine, you're actually undermining yourself. Like, like, yes, you can eat anything you want, but should you? Is it something that's going to take you further away from your goals? Like I know some people, as soon as they start eating some sweet food, all of a sudden they're a sweet machine and they can't stop eating sweet food. Make it simple. Have it once a week and then say, no, this is it. It's just this day. That's it. Or just completely take sweet foods out of your diet and find different alternatives to get that sweet taste. Like one of the girls is now making pumpkin pie 
out of pumpkin and her ingredients that are in her meal plan that do not take her over a calorie limit, do not make her crave more sweet food, like make it work for you. So that's my roundabout way of bringing it back to this. I want to really touch on the importance of how all of these factors do impact fat loss and how important it is to actually get those nutrients out. Because if you don't have all of those nutrients doing what they need to do in your body, how the hell are you meant to burn fat? How the hell are you meant to burn carbs? It's just going to be this recycling system of, yeah, okay, you're in a calorie deficit on paper, but your cells are still in a calorie surplus. Your body is in a nutrient deficit. You're not going to get real results until you fix all that internal shit first. And we can try and push you down the fat loss phase. Cool. But you're just going to get more stuff. Like you need to earn those fat loss phases to make it easier. And like, that's why a lot of people that have been in the game for years and years, they am, and they do things the right way. Like they're, don't even mention those coaches that are like 20 something years old that just eat whatever the hell they want saying, oh, you can do this. You can do that. Yeah, mate, you're younger. You can tolerate that shit. You're active 24 seven, like actually relate to people that are in their thirties that are mums that aren't doing all of that stuff, which is why I do what I do because I try to be more relatable. But the thing is I've been doing this for seven odd years and I actually walk the talk. Like I don't try to fit any single food into my diet. I make it something that I know I can sustain my lifestyle with and still have things when I want to have them. Like I track my food meticulously. Yes. Until I don't, which is when I'm on holidays or something like that, I guesstimate, or I'm just like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like eyeball. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be more active and I maintain those basic principles. Like knowing the basics when you are in control allows you to then use those basics when you are not in control. I think here's the thing, Ruby, right? I think out of everything that you just said, right? You and me could probably live like that. We've probably done that for a long time. But can someone else? Yeah. And that's where that's what my that's where my stuff comes in. Imagine this. Imagine the food that someone eats, right? If they take all that pleasure away from the, the you know, when they find so much food, they really enjoy food. It's a big part of their life, maybe, or something. They like going out for steak or whatever at some point. And all of a sudden, you, someone like you or me, we say, you can't do that anymore. Or they go, no, 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 no. I, I, you know, I still need to do this. Do you know what I mean? I'm going, no, you can't do that. They're going to show me the longest finger on their hand very quickly and then, and then sack me or whatever, right? It's not about that. Where What I do and, and, and how I look at these things is that I meet people where they're at. So it's like, I can show you how to cook real food and make it taste great, and you'll get lean. <laughs> like, you imagine that. Imagine having it all, right? Because real food, you and me, we know it tastes great, right? I can get a punnet of blueberries, and I can savour it, and just like, and I can, I can get all the flavours out, and I enjoy it. I love it, right? And people might say to it like, oh, you must hate food eating like you do, because, you know, you might eat whatever, you know. And I go, no, I love food and I genuinely love and appreciate my food. And that's a very different perspective. I, I understand, you know, I, I get it. But like, I prefer the taste of real food. Like, and, the, and I think that it is important for someone like you and me to encourage 
our community to learn how to cook and to learn how to salt something appropriately and use seasoning appropriately. Because if they do that, they can cook forever, right? Because like you say, what happens if you're a mom that's, that's, that's you know, you're, you're, you're a single, single parent, you've got two kids, it's just everything getting on top of you. You've got a big job, you have to try and keep up to pay all the bills. But then, then you come home, you try and work out, you get 30 minutes in the gym and then you have to come out and they have to pick the kids up and then you get the kids and then it's just all manner of hell breaks loose. And then nine o'clock comes around at night and all I want to do is stare into Netflix or play on my phone, right? Because I'm knackered. Up here, I'm knackered. My body's probably not, but up here, I'm knackered. That stress is what we're talking about, that stress, right? And then naturally, if we turn around and say, well, you can only eat chicken and broccoli, dude. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's not going to work. But if I can make a chicken breast taste great, like we can salt it appropriately or we can use some buttermilk and we can we can, uh, we can can marinate that overnight for probably about 20 calories more. I mean, which is, which is, come on, man, I can burn that, like waking up and walking downstairs most days, you know, or whatever, right? But that's the thing, isn't it? That's the difference in we have diet phases and diet approaches. And for me, you know, the, 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 the population that I work with, yeah, I've got some really high-performing athletes. You know, I'm working in a CrossFit gym. I'm working with these guys, and they are on it. Some people, they just don't want to be fat, right? Let's just use that word of fat, or they just want to be smaller than, the, than what they are. Do I have to have a 1,200-calorie, you know, perfect, clean food diet? No, I need to teach them just basic, how do I eat? And what can you look for? And that's what my my approaches is like if you can just swap your fries and your coke to a diet coke and maybe get some get get some diced apple or something but still have a big mac that okay that's cool i'm happy we're looking at nutrients how can i get a, a few can i just cut your calories with a few nutrient dense foods just for now okay fair play if that big mac's making you go oh man i really you know whatever then that's probably not a good thing. And maybe we need to look at another option instead and we can go down a different route. Maybe I can have a happy meal instead or whatever. We break it down. And that's part of my process with stuff. It's a matter of stress and controlling all of that stuff, but finding the problems that people do have and bridging that gap. That is really what, what, what a lot of my, it's like, this is a solution. Let's try this. If this comes up, then let's try this. If I can get someone eating a protein powder, and not drinking like four four cokes a day, then I'm happy with that. <laughs> you know, if they're not turning up to a meeting at 8 a.m. in the morning with the biggest, frothiest, heaviest latte, and instead of there, there's some flask oats that they've made in the morning with it in the kettle, and they can actually have something that's nutritious and it'll keep them sustained, and it won't just be a sugar fat bomb or whatever it is. I'm happy with that. Okay. See what I'm this is actually a really important point. So it's not the fact that you're having the coffee that's bad. It's the fact that you think that extending the period that you're not eating food is going to get you faster results. But the thing is, if you're having that and then all of a sudden you're having sugar cravings, your blood sugar drops and you're just wanting all of this food, it's, yep, you're going to have that. You're going to have that satiety from that friggin' 300 calorie, 200 calorie latte, which you probably ordered, or if you went skim, 100 calories but the thing is what happens after that like you're going to be craving something and you're not going to be able to hold yourself off because you haven't been doing this for years like I'm able to hold off hunger for a good few hours a lot of people aren't able to do that at this point in time because they don't have the metabolic machinery I call it metabolic flexibility which a lot of you guys don't really understand the term of 
but metabolic flexibility allows you to go with that period of hunger without losing your mind, losing your shit and just falling flat because you're flat. But it's that. But then also what Husk said, don't go looking at what other people's daily eats looks like. Just like he brings in a Big Mac. Yeah, okay, that's not great for pretty much most of you listening to this podcast because a lot of you are women who do not have metabolic capacities of 3,500 calories. Like eating that Big Mac, which is probably 600 calories, is going to take up a good chunk of two of your meals if both of your meals are around 300 to 400. Like you need to realize that any choice you make comes with a sacrifice. And knowing that, which I should have brought up before because this is the most important point, which transformed quite a few mind like mind shifts with myself as well as some some of my girls is every choice you make you're sacrificing satiety you're sacrificing feeling good because yeah okay you can have that ice cream yeah okay you can eat that cake but you're sacrificing this food for that you're probably going to want more after it you're probably going to be hungry 30 minutes after it then what how are you going to manage the rest of your day if you do this on a daily basis you might be able to do it once in a while and get away with it easily. But if you're going to continuously pick these foods out that are not satiating, that are not going to actually make you full, make you feel good afterwards, like if you're going to go out every single weekend and feel like shit after, not want to move your body, not want to get up, or you feel guilty and then want to burn it all off, whatever that is, how long can you sustain that for? Because One of the elements of binge eating, one of the elements of overeating is expecting it to happen. Oh, this is going to happen anyway. So what do you do? You restrict your food during the week because you're going to blow it out on the weekend. And it's just this never ending cycle. Or if it's something you do every night, this is actually going to be a really good podcast because someone wanted me to do a podcast topic on this. Her thing was I, she overcame it now after a few conversations, but it was I cannot stop raiding the pantry between dinner and bed. And it's that mindset. It's not like it's, it's mainly the mindset that needs to change. As soon as you change your mindset, you change your actions. And if you do not shift that thinking into, I'm going to just make sure that I include foods I love every single day into my day and not anticipate a binge, you'll eat enough during the day. You'll be satisfied at dinner and you'll be happy with just having something small after dinner that doesn't include a thousand calories of a pantry raid. I think, I, th- I think you, you, you talk about a really good thing there. But I'll tell you the number one, two, well, I'll tell you a few things. I'll tell you lots of things about that situation right there. I mean, you say it's a mindset, but actually there's probably an internal cue that's like saying, okay, something I need something. I don't quite know what it is, but I need something, right? One amazing thing that I get guys to do is I put, I do something before the thing, if that makes sense. So it's like, okay, brush your teeth or go, go and have a bath. Go and listen to a podcast before you start raiding that fridge. I want to quickly add something instead. She actually did have this cue. And then now whenever she finishes dinner, she goes outside and plays with the dog. Continue. Yeah. It's actually powerful. <laughs> 
But as well, it's just a, it's just a learned, it can be a learned behavior, but as well, it could be something else. So here's another thing. It could be looking at someone's caffeine in the day. Maybe they're stressing themselves out too much. And what happens is when you're drinking caffeine, you're blocking certain chemicals in your brain that make you tired, right? And then when all they, they want, they want down all in one big go, and the caffeine's finally been cleared. And then all of a sudden, you've been like stressed out and up and reactive, and then you start to feel tired, and you're really tired. And then what we start to find is that people need more magnesium to be able to support that and calm themselves down. And that could be one of the things like where people start to crave chocolate and stuff like that or crispy salty things like i was saying earlier it's about are they getting enough protein in the day to be able to support their stress load are they getting enough magnesium to calm them down maybe they want some ashwagandha or something like that to be able to you know change all these other, other things that are going on and there's lots of other things but they're the two things that we look at is our actually as well they actually get enough food in the day especially in the meal prior to that happening and actually when they're sat down and when you sit for a prolonged period of time, that can dysregulate your blood sugar as well. And you can't regulate your blood sugar very well through that too. Especially if you're going, if you're perimenopausal as well, then you might have issues with, uh, with, with, you, with your blood sugar too and, and keeping hold of that stuff. So, you know, it's multifaceted really. And I think that what we have to remember is the community and the people and their situations. The people that I work with, you know, they might have been eating Mackey's three times a day every day all of their lives do you know what i mean and, and not even blinked or had an eye blinked an eyelid about it um whereas people that you're working with it's a very different approach very different approach so a lot of the time it's just a matter of look let's look at the things that you are doing and how can we make small improvements just to get you there you know to quote my mate phil it's like if i can regulate the amount of butter and ketchup that you use in a day and just get rid of some of your some of your coaxing to something else. So I can get you moving a bit more. If I can get you out doing 3,000 steps more a day, that's a 30-minute walk in the middle of the day in, in sunlight, right? You're losing weight. If I give you a diet plan that you have to sit and fill it out, and you go, this is what I've eaten, like a diet, a food diary, right? You're already being more mindful about your food, and you're already losing weight, right? There's all these little things that we're, that's going off in terms of like a fat loss perspective, but we also have to think about the different population that are trying to get a physique at the end of it. Because a, a physique-based goal is different from just being a smaller human, if that makes sense. So um, they are longer processes. They are smaller deficits. They are uh, more protein intake and all the rest of it. And for like the example that you use, you know, you said earlier, someone's not taking the crap and all those other things. It's like, well, how are we building your yin? I call it like being a yin builder. How am I making you uh, have more energy for when you need to have more yang and that you can be more fiery? So, you know, it's like how much caffeine are you taking in a day? Are you taking it at the right time? You want it definitely in the first six hours of the day so that when, when lunchtime comes around, you, can, you still need to have that mental focus. And how can we support your mental focus in the afternoon with the right kind of nutrition and the right kind of meal? And then when you finish training or whatever it is after you've been to work all day, like how can I get you to wind down and make you push your sleep urge and try and get you to chill, chill out? You know, because that's the, going to be the biggest thing that's going to help you sleep because you need to raise melatonin and serotonin, right? And then it makes me able to go through the night and then I need to wake up and feel zesty and amazing again to go again. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm overstressed. And one of the biggest things that we do see with people that are highly stressed is that band around the midline, you know, the, the tummies, the low back, that hip sort of area, like carrying weight around there. And, and that's that area where people like go, I just can't get rid of this last bit of body fat off my lower abs or whatever it is. And it's like, 
really stressed out, right? Is it a food intolerance? Is it just what's going on in your life? Is it the fact that actually you're doing this because someone left you and actually you're trying to perfect yourself in a different way? Or, you know, there's all these other things that can go off in someone's life. And so, you know, sometimes, yeah, okay, it's not about eating a, a Mackey's and it's not about, it's about swapping all those other little things around. But like I say, sometimes you just have to get that base level of needs where people are like, oh, actually, I'm happy and this is a different approach to where I'm going to go. And changing some of those mindsets and those behaviours, like if I can just stop someone eating in the evening by making sure they've got plenty of food before and, and, and looking forward to in the morning as well, that's important. Then, yeah, and having some little calorie spikes as well every now and again, just to give me a little bit of like, well, at least on Friday, I know I've got a little bit more food. Or at least on Monday, I've got a little bit more food, you know. I think it's really important. Like, it's not, I, it's not about calorie spikes. I, I think that the more stable you can keep your approach, the less thinking you need to put into it. Like, we need to stop comparing the way that we live a leaner kind of lifestyle to the way that bodybuilders do shit. Because we... You're not bodybuilder, right? You're not bodybuilder. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, stop doing things like the way bodybuilders do it. You don't need to do all this stupid calorie manipulation, this stupid carb manipulation. Like, you're not doing this for a fat loss phase and then a bulking phase. You're doing this to lose fat, gain muscle, and look like a badass bitch because you said it yourself. There is a difference between a gold body and a smaller body. You can gain weight and look better. You can lose weight and look like a sack of potatoes. Like there are people that lose weight and they just look like a sack of potatoes with that potatoes in it because they're just this dangling soft bag. Like you lost that muscle definition. And just to sum all of this up, sleep, rest, it impacts so much. Like if you're not sleeping, you're going to make poorer food choices. You're not going to be able to perform as well. You're not going to be able to put as much output into that session, which is exactly what builds the muscle, builds your metabolism, builds your engine for fat loss. If you don't sleep well, you're not doing all of the restorative processes that allow you when you're not in a stress state, but you're in a rest state that allow you to continue that fat burning process. Because when you're stressed out, you don't burn fat at rest, you burn carbs. And if you're not actually in a place that allows your body to do all of its metabolic functioning, where else are you going to go? You're making this shit a lot harder than it needs to be. So keep that in mind when you're moving forward. But I guess to sum all of it up, what are the biggest pillars that people need to remember when it comes to balancing this whole stress, nutrient assimilation, digestion, sleep, and how all of that does impact the, the body we want to get? Like what are your key takeaways that you want people to take that are applicable to people that aren't athletes, that are not bodybuilders, that actually just want to get on top of their food, to control their food in a way that is sustainable? I think the, the first thing, Ruby, the first thing is that we all need now to go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee. I think that's, that's the first thing, right? No, I think... Um, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because everyone's situation, we've all been in those situations where it's like, okay, where, where, am, I, where am I faulting and what's going on and everything else, right? Now, I like to break it down into a few areas, right? Personally, I only want things to be better than what you are. I don't want anyone to be perfect. For me, and my the way that I look at it, I don't expect perfection, right? 
I want people to be good enough. That's something that we say. I just want you to be good enough, right? And having that different mindset and that perspective on it straight away, like goes, okay, well, I'm going to like, I could at least every little small choice that I make, no matter how interrupted or how irregular, or all those other things, the ones that are more positive, they are benefiting my health. And that's the thing. It's like looking at a nutrient first diet, right? So my first thing will be, let's put it, let's just break it out into my four areas, right? Number one, I need to get my movement sorted, right? I need to have my training sorted. So someone like Ruby, right? Ruby turns around and she goes, this is how you're going to do it. Training plan sorted. Boom, get after it, right? Number two, I need to eat high quality food. And when I'm looking at a food, I need to think about how is this a nutrient dense meal? How can I make it more nutrient dense? What can I get in there? Can I get lots of green veggies? Starting with veggies first, you know, that's the priority. And then I look at, can I get, can I use lentils? Can I use chickpeas? Can I use sweet potato? Can I use all these other bits that are going to be really good for me? Um, And then we start to look at what am I doing in my quiet time? Do I actually have some quiet time for me? Because I need to be fulfilled and I need to calm down and I need to find the things that make, uh, that, that, that feed my soul. My mum had said that. She said, feed my soul. Uh, and then lastly, I would look at the things that make me happy. And I need to find those things. And I need more of them in my life. So I need to think about training might make me super happy. Right. But I need to balance that. It's like yin and yang. Right. It's a matter of like finding the fire and finding the bit that really has to recover. So I might really like that. But I might also really like photography. And I actually really like going out and seeing sunlight in the morning. And I really, really embrace this amazing book that just came out. Or, you know, my mate Dave, he's all right. I like to go and hang out with him. He's pretty funny. You know what I mean? I need my happiness time. So, uh, so yeah, it's just a matter of putting on those really basic principles of looking at my life. Can I have a hobby? Can I do something that I really enjoy? And, uh, yeah, just find those four different areas. Get my movement sorted. Get my hydration sorted with my di- and my diet get uh, my, my, uh, my happy time for me and also find my quiet time. They're the four main areas. They're the four pillars that, uh, that we can use to look at someone's wellness. I love that. It's not about perfect. It's the law of addition of the mini wins. It's the law of addition of the things that you do do well. And if you see it as that, you immediately put yourself in a better mindset to keep making those mini wins. So... I do think that's the most amazing way to leave this podcast. I will leave the link below to Husk's Instagram and I will put down all the show notes that I took. And thank you for listening to this podcast. If you liked it, make sure that you subscribe for the next ones to come and give it a share and tag us both in it. And I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>